If she's never said to you, I wish I would've never met you. Does she even love you? If she's never told you, I hope you get run over by a semi-trucker at 75 on Friday rush hour. Does she even love you? If she's never said, I just don't know if I love you anymore. Does she even love you? If she's never said to you, we should get an abortion because out of you as my future husband or fatherly material. Does she even love you? If she's never said to you, I would rather have sex with the shoe than you. Does she even love you? If she's never told you, you made me drier than a mouthful of sand. Does she even love you? If she's never told you, I would rather be kidnapped and trapped in a stranger's basement and be malnutrition for 13 years and then fucked in the ass with someone nine times a day and have eight children raw in the basement and be in tremendous amount of pain. Then go to Chili's for an hour and a half with you. Does she even love you? Yeah, fuck your bitch. Put it into submission. Hit it from the back. I'm like the tech, she still don't begin. She ride me like the car she just bought. She need a transmission. Wait, you hear that scream? Often beats with Clint. Ew. Hello. Hello, guys. As you can tell, trying a new angle. And as you can also tell, um, serve. Because when you serve others around you, you, uh, you get something to eat. So if you serve yours around, it will get back. Welcome to episode 30, was episode 36? Jesus Christ. Uh, kind of running through this like a girl with the dragon tattoo on a train. Except uh, she is trained for that. And you know what? I don't feel a whole lot of sympathy for her. Seems like the life she created for herself. She wanted these cool tattoos and she wanted to live this exciting life. Well, that's what she get. You want to live exciting lives? You gotta have uh, exciting lives. By the way, side note. Something crazy happened yesterday. Um, well, I should say this morning when I woke up. So I went to upload for today's. I went to go upload episode 35 today. All that stuff. And um, before I upload it, it automatically shows up on my analytic page. And we made off and beat podcast history, guys. So, you know, how I told you about the uh, Joe Rogan episode I did with Yami Park. On YouTube, it was getting now it's like over 300 views, which for a small channel is pretty good. Here's where it's getting crazy though. For that episode, I woke up. I was I was expecting maybe 20 listens. It was at 109 downloads for that one episode overnight, spreading across the map like some gonorrhea, like a pap smear. Except uh. In North Korea, like that episode, pap smears probably feel a whole lot different. Um, But I believe even when I came home tonight, it was at 113 downloads. That one episode alone has done, not even exaggerating, 10 times more than my highest episode. So I'm like over 400 downloads all time, and 108 of them were like last night. I just want to give a big shout out to the Often Beat support. I would like to give you guys a name, but um, I feel like that shit's kind of corny. And it, I, I will say this, like, actually, I was watching a video about, um, and like, YouTubers or creators that use Patreon, right? And I think it's a great platform. I think it's a great, and I understand why people use it specifically. But me personally, like, I feel weird. I would feel weird asking for donations, per se, right? And what I mean is, so, apparently there's been creators recently. Well, not even recently. It's just been a regular thing, generally. Where they will do live streams. And let me kick my feet up. Ooh. Um, But they'll be doing live streams, literally, kind of just basically asking people to donate. Like, it's a charity 
type of thing. And it will be like, you know, donate what you can to help the pod and, you know, help with production and how much it takes to make an episode. Now, for different shows, I actually have production value. That makes sense because there are some where if you're heavily editing, uh, stuff takes money. And I just don't care to spend money at this point in time, as you could tell. Um, but the direct feeling of literally asking someone to donate, as in your fans to donate, let's just say just a couple thousand dollars to you. And it's like, to me, that just kind of feels weird for that specifically. And I know they're donating to the podcast or whatever they're listening to for whatever your show is. But to me, even when I get when I get to that level where I have enough fans that would I know would donate, I just personally wouldn't do it. I I think I think people that are really comfortable asking people for money, donations and stuff for something and a lot of these people make money because they're more well known for different things. Like for podcasting, most of the biggest podcasts are comedians. And so most of them are making bank, like six figures a year, or most of them, the big ones, seven, eight figures type of year. And I noticed, like, you wouldn't, like, even the big brands, like the Joe Rogans, the Your Mom's House podcast with Tom Segura, Tom Segura, the ones that are getting million views on YouTube, the ones that are, like, top of their tier, and they make so much money off advertisement. And it's like, they... They make so much money from the podcast in the regular form where people will uh, pay for, or like, they get so many views for ad revenue, they get paid for sponsor, they put it out for people to watch for free, essentially. And I think that should be the way it is. And then to have people, like, just ask for money is kind of this weird feeling, personally. It's not something I would do, you know? It's just me personally, like, if I were ever, it's kind of like if I were ever homeless, I, for right or wrong, at that point, you probably shouldn't have any pride, but me personally, I would have too much pride to sit there and ask people for money if I feel like that I could do something about it. Like, that's just me personally. And to see people on live streams making a whole event, and the weird part is you see how they market it. You got to be careful. Like they want to make you as an audience member feel so vital and important to why the thing that they're trying to sell to you is what it is. And obviously without fans or without audience, it, you know, they wouldn't be able to make ad revenue or they wouldn't be able to make because no one will watch it, which means you're not going to get much out of it, which means no one's going to sponsor you. And pay you 20k an episode to sponsor their Blue Chew product. If you're not actually fucking having an audience for them to advertise your product to. Or for you to advertise their product to. And the thing that's interesting to me is it's kind of the shamelessness. You got people that are making six figures a year. Making money off sponsors for their podcast. Which sponsors, I don't know if you know how much these sponsors fucking pay. Um, but per episode, sponsors will pay at the low end for podcasts. They will pay, like Joe Rogan, he's going to charge us, like, he's like, you want to sponsor? Shit, 25k each an episode. Because that's how much exposure, you're going to make that money back off exposure. The amount of audience I reach, and even if you're just like a lower tier, but you're a known podcast. Like, let's say you have 50,000 subscribers on YouTube or something like that. It's very, you can obviously make a, you have a sizable enough audience where you create names and you got what, like, you got to watch out for when they create names for the audience. Um, I'm not going to say like examples because then I'll give it away what I'm saying. But there's a difference between Patreon where people are paying like extra it's like, okay, we give you can watch the free versions of our show on here, but if you want extra episodes, or you want behind the scenes, or, want, or you want exclusive content, you want exclusive this, we will have more on here if you like what you see from the free stuff and you want more of that. I think that is a fair, that is a 
good. That's good business because you were still giving your audience member, um, you were still giving your audience a choice of their free will and liberty, what to do with their money, but still be a fan of you without feeling they have to literally buy your product. And in this situation, you can't compare buying a product from Walmart and buying uh, an episode in podcasting. They, they're not the same because people will say, oh, well, it's no different if you go to Walmart buy a product. You have to pay for the product or you don't get to have it. It's like, okay, here's the differences. There are too much. There's too many other people in your field that are already doing it for free for their fans. So if you're going to start charging extra, if you're going to start charging just for people to get the basis of your episodes... Because the thing I worry about with podcasting, for example, and really YouTube in general, is that people are going to literally just make fans have to pay like $10 a month membership just to watch any of their stuff. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong if you want to have your own website and stuff like that. But I think what people need to realize is that these platforms like YouTube, uh, like Spotify, uh, even if you use Instagram, it's like you are using their platform to build yours and to build your audience. So for people that are sitting here bitching about, oh, well, YouTube doesn't let me. It's like, yeah, you're using their platform. You get ad revenue. You get ways to make money by posting shit on there and all that stuff. So, yes. Like, I don't, like, do I love the monetization and you can post some stuff and not other stuff. Like, we're not talking about political and censorship. But it's also, think of, like, you, they are a company and you are using their platform to post your stuff. It's the equivalent of if a podcast like Call Her Daddy works for Barstool, when she did. It's like, they their whole thing when they had their breakup with Call Her Daddy was that... The, you know, who gets IP, who gets intellectual property. Because her and Sophia were pretty much not well known at all. You know, they were, they literally started on YouTube. And after like four episodes, they got a direct message from Dave Portnoy. Direct message him saying, hey, come in. I want to talk to you about, you know, we can, you know, uh, finance your podcast. Put it on our platform and see where it goes. And boom, call her daddy explode overnight, blah, blah, blah. So they're getting a base salary plus whatever bonuses are included and whatever. And then their podcast blew up and all that. So then, of course, people are getting their ear to, you know, you guys should basically kind of like hold out, like holding out in the NBA type of thing. Hey, hold out, you know, demand more money, test the market, even though they still had a contract to fulfill. Um, and the one girl, Sophia is like, no, we could get way more cause she had some dumbass in her ear who got in her ear explaining that she was so much more valuable to the podcast, even though the other girl who's still the one on the podcast was actually editing. And apparently they do, they, they write out the script. So it's kind of scripted, but it's still not kind of, um, but the thing about it that, Barstool, the company, the website, brought traffic to the show, and I brought traffic to the show that they may or may not have had if they were doing it independently, per se. There's good and bad to being independent, there's good and bad to being with companies. But we'll just stick with their situation. Barstool, just having the Barstool brand attached. In the in the feed for uh, Caller Daddy on the feed of Barstool, of course it helped. And then being on that, growing the show, bringing an audience, and then it was able to have the value to sell it or or you know redistribute it exclusively to Spotify, where it's three years sixty million. Now. I believe at the end of the day that good shows will always get paid. Good shows, if they stick with it, will end up getting to where they're going to get to anyways. 
But in terms of how fast, because it was like two, three years ago they started that show. And like a year and a half, two later, $60 million for a podcast that's a once a week show that's less than an hour typically. And it's talking about being whores. Like, yeah. Of course that shit blew up. But would they have had the value and the speed and the uh, strength and backing behind it without being on the Barstool website? Without being owned by Barstool? Because where they can market it, advertise and do merch and make a shitload of money off of it. And people got to realize that when you use YouTube or Spotify and shit, just by it being on the, the biggest platforms and what you're doing, it's everything. It's beyond everything. Like, unless you have a name beforehand, like, unless you're a celebrity, like, Joe Budden was able to do it independently for a while before going on Spotify and it blew up the podcast even more. And speaking of Joe Budden, it's like, he still has probably the number one hip hop podcast, even though 99% of what they talk about is not even hip hop anymore. But it was the number one, uh, you know, you could say culture podcast, hip hop podcast for like two or three years. And it was already pretty damn big before it went to Spotify, but Spotify put it on a different level. It just did. And, and I think that's the thing that Joe Budden missed in that whole situation is just the simple fact that you're shitting on the company that marketed, promoted it, put at the top of podcast list when people want to, I want to listen to a different type of podcast. And Oh, what is this fe- What is this being featured? Oh, this is what's. Oh, I know Joe Button. Let me check out the. Po- oh, wow, I like this. Next thing you know, you got another listener. You got a podcast feed where I believe now it's tied with Apple Podcasts for the most. Uh, and it's gonna overtake Apple Podcasts. I'm sorry, Spotify is just so much better. And <clears throat> well, a lot of people and what Joe I think lost track of, and I know he's all in this. Uh, independent bag and you know they're still going to be making money he could still find a way to make money but he wasn't going to make what he was going to make with Spotify but the thing he was worried about was the long term ownership of the podcast which is fair enough you know but going back to um, the point I was focusing on with Caller Daddy. Wow. It's amazing how I didn't even plan to talk about this. I'm fucking amazing. Must be the relaxation. Ah, look at me relax. Relax like lacrosse. I'm gonna go to Duke and maybe go to a house. And you may be a hooker waiting for me to get rightfully accused of what they probably did. Anyways, um, oh, sticks and nets. Sticks and nets. Um, but yeah, going back to. Well, you got to, as a creator of a podcast, kind of, like, these podcasts are just, it, it seems disingenuous to me. They're taking advantage of a fan's loyalty, and they are taking money from them on these live stream donations where it's literally just them, guys, please donate, please, it would mean a whole lot, and this and that. It's like, okay, but... To be honest, you're making two hours of content a week at best. And some of these shows, like hour and a half, they put out one episode a week. And if you have, and let's say you have 50,000 subscribers, right? You're probably going to have a minimum three or 4,000 watching your live stream. And you're going to have like 500 people donate. You have 500 people donate $5. That's what, $2,500? Just by asking for money. You know, like, if you make 15 an hour or less than that, and you work a whole month, 40 hours a week, you probably maybe get 2500 And then people were going live streams and just, please donate. And you guys donated. I don't get it. 
if people have if people are famous and they have podcasts and they're dreadfully asking for money and you know they're not struggling and it's just a quick money grab and they try to put nicknames for your fan base to me that comes off as very disingenuous I'm not saying never give back to a show you listen to. I'm not saying don't join the Patreon. I'm not saying that. But when they just go on these shameless YouTube live streams. And they just like. Guys please donate. And then their reward to you is. Oh I'll show you I care. I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. It's like oh. And of course people want to feel like. Oh wow. This person that I enjoy listening to, they're going to shout me on their show. I'm going to get five seconds of notoriety for being a consistent listener. And it's disingenuous because I think really for most of the time, most people don't really have like this personal bond with your fans, nor do I think it's healthy. Because if you get too attached to your fans, if you have that many fans, you got to go by when you get to the levels of People that are getting 10 million listens an episode, like the top of the game. You got Dak Shepherds. Um, well, he has a nickname, Arm Cherries. You have Joe Rogan, who does he care about what fans think? I mean, kind of. But he's gonna he'd be like, all right, people don't have to watch. And I know I reference him a lot, but he's really when you look at what he does, he never asks for donations because he's like, I make more than enough money doing this show. Even before he went to Spotify, he made hella money. Like, really, I believe he made, before he signed with Spotify, he made $30 million the previous year. Off sponsors, revenue, and all that shit. So really, his Spotify deal, he didn't make a bowl at the rate he was at. He's not really making a whole lot more money than he would have without them, to be pretty honest about it. But what's amazing to me is how um, it's just a shamelessness. And you as a fan consumer, I think like me personally, I'm just like, if people want to watch and listen, then they'll watch and listen. Like, I don't think you have to make these growing closer to your audience type of things. Like you either put out on your show the type of people you want to listen to your show and you'll... Whoever listens will listen. Whoever won't, won't. But then we... Because when you start creating that too close of a bond, trying to have too close of a bond to your fandom, trying to have too close of a bond to uh, the people that are watching listening to your show, then you're going to start making the show... You're going to start shifting and gravitating it maybe in a direction that's not even naturally you. But you want to please the fans, even if it's not really what you want to do. And I think I think when people say you need to always just listen to your fans and what they want, I think you should listen to feedback and be open to feedback. It can be simple as like, hey, well, we like it when the audio is like this. We like it when the camera angles like this. Oh, we like it when um, you... We like it when you, um, I don't know, just like, we like these visual, uh, these, we, we like intros, we like visuals that make the podcast or whatever it is you're doing to make it more appeasing. We like it when you have more confined points, you know, maybe shorten the podcast or actually lengthen the podcast. Don't be afraid to talk more into it. And, but, when it starts to, oh, we don't like it when you talk about this subject. Oh, we don't like it when you go down this road and who you are. It's like, okay, but those are things I enjoy talking about. And they're the same things that they're nothing new from when I started. And that's what I enjoy talking about. And I'm going to talk about and do what I want to do at the end of the day. It's like... Because I really feel when people are investing in a podcast, a show... Whatever it is, they're going to invest in the personality of the person before the structure of the show. Because I believe at the end of the day, you the individual, the people are what make the product the product. All the big studios, the big productions, the big, you know, the big, uh, the 
enhancements and cameras, the angles, all this stuff. Do they make differences? Of course they do. They could be the difference between someone staying, listening to you. They could be the difference between someone watching you for 15 minutes or someone tuning out after two minutes. It could be the world of a difference. But you could have all the perfect production. You could have all the perfect setups. You have the perfect audio, the top of the line, everything. But then you are talking about what? You are talking about things that you know will get clicks and views, but you don't really have an interest in it. Something I have to be careful of. I'm not going to lie. Like when I had that video that had 300 views and when I had... The episode that had over 100 downloads, which for me at this point is a lot. I like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should start like looking up highly trending things and just always do videos about that. Do 45 minute hour long podcasts about that. It's like, okay, would I probably get more views and likes in the short term? Maybe. But what if I don't care to talk about that stuff like that. What if what is ever trending that day is not really something I would care to actually talk about for that period of time or even invested in and it'll show. Because it's like, no, I'm going to, hey, that was a nice spike. But I want people a year from now be invested in me, the personality and what it could be and what they like and maybe they don't like. And I don't want to also get caught up in people are expecting me to talk about the hottest trending thing. That just happened to be an anomaly because I genuinely was moved by that episode. So I talked about it. I simply don't talk about other episodes on other podcasts like that. But that one stuck out to me so much and moved me. And I literally didn't. Pause it. I didn't change it. I listened for three hours straight, straight through, not a single pause or nothing. And man, like that's you know, just that listening to that episode with her was still like even thinking about now, it's really insanity. It really is. But getting back to the point. But I didn't want to get caught. I don't want to get caught up in always chasing views and what I know people will click. Because I feel like if I keep being me, eventually the ones people will gravitate to. And if as long, when, as long as I get better and try to improve what I can for the time being. I believe the essence of what makes podcasting great is the simplicity in the person. And I feel like what I'm worried about now is that, like, now podcasts, the original intent and the grandiose feeling, the grandiose feeling of what podcasts and what made it great and what made it spike up in media and what made it's now the biggest platform for news and interviews and information. Like, Joe Rogan, the, the I bet you go top 20 podcasts in the world. If you were to, if we were able to look at their analytics and data, they probably blow the top twenty podcasts in the world. Probably blow the top news, uh, the Fox News, CNN, whichever one's on top in terms of national news. They probably blow them out of the water by like fifty percent. Not even an exaggeration. I know Joe Rogan does, but I even know other ones that do as well. But I think so. One thing I'm afraid of. It seems like sometimes now. People are going to start getting so conditioned, the podcast being essentially could be overproduced or it seems more like a, it seems too, it could be seen too scripted. Like some could be scripted, but when it feels scripted, it like feels like, all right, is this supposed to be an impromptu genuine podcast or is this just a, is this just basically a table read? And people planning out their bits and what they're funny about and shit. Like, you should be prepared when you talk about stuff. But I don't want here. Like, I like the gym. I like when people are thinking while they're talking. I like when people, when they're talking, they're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, and they add something. Because when you start talking about something, another thought 
comes in, and then you bring back a reference that you wouldn't even thought of unless you start talking about the subject. And the one thing I'm kind of worried about, I wouldn't say aggravating, because, I mean, I think quality is always good. I just think you need enough quality where it's not distracting. But I, I, to me, I just like simplicity when I listen. I like, I like when a host interviews a comedian and it's funny as hell. Like the simplicity of, it could be just like a Bill Burr solo ranting about whatever. The simplicity. All you need is a guy, a woman, and a mic in your thought process. And now it's like all these planned out things. And I was like, cool, I guess. But I think I think it's good. But I do think it's good to have diversity because there's some people that want they don't want to just hear two people talk for three hours. I enjoy that. I enjoy listening to two people I think are interesting talk for three hours about it could be about absolutely nothing. Just them being humorous, shooting the shit. But some people always want something that's very like direct. They always they want something that's very precise and something that's very informational and cuts the fat out and you know what I get that as well it's good to have that diversity it's good to have variety because but will that variety become less variety for lack of a better sense and will podcast change it may but um but yeah I just think shamelessly asking for donations when you make a pretty good living off the show already I think it's kind of, to me, it's kind of shameless. It's kind of, and the sad part is they are from shows that I actually like. Like, and I'll still listen to them and watch them. I'm a fan. But now it's like, oh, become a YouTube paid member. Like, what is this? I already pay for YouTube premium. Like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, for each individual channel, if they want to. I guess you probably have to have enough subscribers. You have to probably go through a program to prove it or whatever. But you can basically like, oh, in order to watch these videos, um, you pay you pay $2 to watch this one video. And it's like, I got to pay 2 bucks just to watch now one interview of yours? And that, um, that may not seem a lot. Like, oh, but if you're someone, let's say, puts two shows out a week. Or I'm paying four bucks a week for your show specifically. But you're not the only podcast I listen to. And I think what's also going to hurt. And it's like some people listen to shows because of the conveniency. And that it's free. And now if you're going to start charging people money. You better make sure you have guests that you know people will watch. This is like you don't have time. Like oh you can't sit here and play the odds of. Oh, I like this person. Interesting. Maybe if I introduce them on a platform, they could start, you know, gaining steam or whatever. It's like, well, if no one sees an unknown person that's actually very interesting, that's very insightful, very smart, witty, it's like, I'm not going to pay three, two or three bucks to watch an hour and a half episode of someone that I may or may not like. I'm only going to pay if I know I'm I like that person now. So you're also taking away the availability. You're also taking away the availability and the potential of unknown people or people gaining a rise when you start charging individual episodes. Um, if you are a guest-based show. And I think these are things that like they're slowly, slowly... It's like, okay, here, here's what I would do. Whatever you don't want for free, put it on your Patreon. And the people that just like your show for free, they get the free version. And the people that want that want to support your program to a different extent and want to watch, if you want to have like a, if you have a very, very special guest, you put it on Patreon. Then people pay for your Patreon to watch that very special guest. But I'm not going to sit here and pay four bucks to watch one episode of, you know, some uh, neuroscientist that no one knows of. Like, that sounds bad because you should want to learn about someone. But I'm probably going to pay four bucks to watch Bill Burr. Or I could just watch free podcasts of Bill Burr beforehand. Because I know what I'm going to get. 
Sometimes I think people are starting to take away the ability of freedom. They, they people they're starting people are starting to kind of make it into too much of a self profit business. And they're not really ironically, they think, oh, the consumer should help out the creator. It's like I mean, no one's if you want to just start charging people to watch your show, by all means do it. But just know, um, there's a good chance that people only watch your show because it's convenient. Because there's too much competition. Like, you are in one of the most saturated fields in the world. Like, I may listen to a podcast that's 20% less as good as you, just because it's free. If that's what I have to do. Because most people are already paying for an app, a streaming app. Most people pay for YouTube Premium as is. And it's like, okay, I pay two bucks for your podcast. I like this other podcast. I'll pay two bucks. It's like, that shit adds up. That's a lot of money that just adds up. And I think as a creator, like, I would never, no matter what level I get to, I would never, like, ask for donations like that. I would make my money off sponsors. I would make it off ad revenue. I would make people pay, like, if I, like, if I'm through an app, they pay for the app. And not only do they get 10 bucks for my show or 15 bucks a month, whatever you use, you don't only get my show, you get just about any fucking show you want. And that's a great thing, all right? You pay 10 bucks a month on Spotify, for example, or Google or Google Podcast. Well, Google Podcast, you don't even pay. But like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, the two biggest platforms. For podcasting and music. And. It's. I pay 10 bucks a month. To watch and listen to. Well listen to any podcast essentially I want. With a few exceptions. And listen to just about any major music I want. Now I understand that. Yes artists are getting price screwed over in some ways. Um. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you, you wouldn't even care to listen to more artists or you wouldn't even have learned about some of those artists if it wasn't basically available for the low price it is now. Because you would probably listen to singles by country artists, rap artists, and you're like, oh, I like this. And then you end up streaming the whole album and then you become fans of them. It's like, oh, I wouldn't have listened to these songs if I had to buy an album because I only liked one or two songs. And I would have paid 18 bucks to get a deluxe album. But I listen to all these songs, and in effect, you know what I'm probably going to do? I might even buy a tour ticket. I might go see them in concert. And so, everything kind of evens out anyways. Like, I'm not saying it's a perfect business. I'm not even saying it's right. Music's a little different than podcasting for obvious reasons. Music is a whole lot harder to make than just getting in front of a microphone and just talking about whatever the fuck you want to talk about, which is really what 99% of podcasts are. But anyways, so back to, jeez, went off the rails there, Clint. Here comes Clint coming, hopping down the bunny rail. But my advice would be, as a consumer, don't fall for the shameless traps. If any podcaster is telling you to directly just donate them money, just for shout-outs, just to quote-unquote support the pod, it's like, no. You know how you support the pod? You If they have merchandise, you do what 90% of... Podcasts or whatever do creators do they just sell merchandise they just start they just create some generic t-shirt with the logo and whatever bullshit and then you know people pay 25 and 30 bucks and overpriced stuff but you know what at least you're getting something out of it and you get to wear something that represents something you enjoy you get something out of it so yes you know you're donating to make people millionaires but you know what at least you're getting something out of it more than just oh 
I uh, helped out the pod. It's like, all right. Um, but just like these shameless, just go on YouTube and live stream for donations. To me, it's shameful. It really is. And maybe when I get on that level, maybe I'll understand it differently. But I really don't think I do because I don't think that's just a, oh, this is the business. I think that's something that people have gotten too comfortable just shamelessly asking people for money for support of something that no one has forced them to have to support. Like this isn't like a someone asking for money for them to pay their pay rent that month because someone because their husband died in a car wreck and they need people to help pay the bills and shit like that's not it's not the same like this is unexpected life like you create a podcast that really unless you have some high high elite production and you shouldn't have high high elite production unless you're making a shitload of money anyways so if you are spending so much more on production before it's even making a profit and you want people to pay off the debts of what you cost to yourself, like to me that's that's being that's being reckless. And you're putting a pressure and onus on a the on your audience for someone they just wanted to listen to your podcast and they liked you and they listened and enjoyed it. And they just like to listen to you. I don't know, man. That's when the independent route can get a little tricky. Because people people make it like, oh, I work so much harder because I'm independent. So people need to directly donate to me. But it's like, but if they work for a label or corporation or a company, then it's, oh, well, if you're giving your money to them, I'm only getting X amount. It's like, yeah. But the company could market it to make even if you're only getting percentage you 20% of, let's just say like you, let's say you were to, um, the difference between like the recent big podcast that sold it to Spotify and stuff, they don't sell the show, the property, it's licensing where they just put their show on there and Spotify, it can only be on Spotify. But Spotify doesn't quote unquote have any say of what they say on the show, what they do the show. They literally keep the same exact show. And I don't care what people have said about Joe Rogan or Armchair Expert. It's the same show as before. I think people just over time just like change. I think people over time like doing the show, they change it up or they become more mature about things. So they don't always, they're not just outlandish, right? But that's beside the point. But I think what's very, very, very... um important to distinguish is let's say all right let's say that um let's say it wasn't an upfront deal right but okay let's go back to the caller daddy barstool thing right they would get i i don't know the exact numbers but basically how it would go down is they would get their base salary and based off how many downloads they would get in a year or in an episode or whatever, and they would do it over periods. However, they would get bonuses every three or six months based off how many downloads they would get. Like every, like for every, let's just say 500,000 downloads, they would get X amount added to their salary at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. And they, they would get like bonuses. It'd be like if you're meeting your quotas and above, you get compensated for that. So you're literally getting paid for the output that you're putting out. Now, let's say, okay, well, you will get, you will get 40% of all pure profits you get based off the downloads and exposure, because we're going to market the hell out of it. It's going to gain us money and it's going to gain you more money, even though you get 40% of all the profits for the show, 40% of all the profits with us as a big ass company doing the marketing is going to make you so much more than if you're just doing a bunch of independent sponsors type of thing. And that's kind of like what happened with Barstool and Call Your Daddy. Is it was very incentive based and that's why they're sad. that's why they were getting paid 500,000 a year the first year, well 
5000 salary at a certain point. But then they would get X amount. They get 50% of merch. They would get X amount for every downloads and all that shit. Because there's an incentive when you have a company that can fund it all for you. And they got to find a way for them to make a profit. So they're going to expose the hell out of it. So they bring so much in that they can make back their money and then some. And you can also get your percentage. That's what I think people lose. Like people lose kind of perspective of all this. And, you know, it's, it's just like a nice reminder that it it doesn't take just one person. It's not like without the individual, there's no show. But to get to a certain exposure level, you either have had to create a name outside of just a show. Like you either have to be a comedian, an actor, or you have to be a professional or an expert in some way. Like, look, let, let's be honest. I'm never going to make... Um, I'm never going to make $500,000 a year by just doing podcasting if this is all I do. Now, if I were to become semi-famous in comedy or semi-famous in acting or semi-famous in some other way, if I were to just podcast and nothing but podcasts, I can make some money. But it's going to take more than just doing hour-long episodes, I'm going to have to do a bunch of other shit to maneuver to make the image more than just a podcast for diet, for just to make it more um, a spongible to a broader audience. But it's not just a, where, where was I going at with this? Oh, Jesus, Clint, get your shit together. Um, But I think it's sometimes like companies and corporations are pretty responsible for most podcasts to become big. It really is. Um, I hope that I... You got to be careful when you work for a media company, though. Like, when you work for Cass Media Company. Yeah, I'll just say the name. Um, then they can dictate... Um, they can, they can censor out curse words because they're trying to make it appeasable to all audience. Um, when you start working for these specific media companies that are financing your podcast specifically, when you have independent contracts with media companies, I'm not talking about streaming. I'm talking about media companies that literally they'll set up your whole studio because they want decent quality. They'll They'll have all editing engineers, engineers of all type to make your podcast concise, to edit it, all make it all perfect and all that shit. And although that sounds like, oh, it will probably help in some way. But that's when you have, when they can control what you say and not say. And it's not them saying, hey, you can't talk about uh, this a rape case or you can't talk about this uh case because the owner of our company is actually friends with that person but if you talk about it in your show they'll just cut it out and you don't have much say in it because they'll actually own what you can put out and not put out i can't tell you what to say but if you breach the contract of them having power and what you could release then that's when you have very exclusive independent deals. That's why you got to build your leverage like you are a Joe Rogan, where you can do it by yourself and you're independently run, where you can just say no to everything, the power of no. He's like, I make I made money before this podcast. This podcast, we have found a way to make it work because of the show I want to do. And if you want to sponsor my show, that is fine. If I endorse it, I endorse it. But you're not going to sit here and tell me what to say or not to say. Because I've already shown that I don't need any of y'all. Y'all need me. And that's the power of him. And that's why you can't really cancel him. Because from the beginning, his show is 
what it is, it's a more mature version, a more articulate, it's a more better quality show than it was his first five episodes. But it's the same in terms of this is my show. This is me. I'm going to talk to who I want to talk to. I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want on my show. Because I have an audience that says, we will follow you. I have an audience that says, we enjoy this shit. And more importantly, I have fuck you money outside of here. And now, I've got really fuck you money. And so when I see these... Jesus, I'm still going on about this. But yeah. I, I, it just like... It, it's really also uncomfortable. I watched the live stream for like 10 minutes about it. And it was very uncomfortable watching this guy who I actually admire his podcast. And he makes it... It's a different type of podcast. It's like an interview-based podcast. But he adds animation. It is edited. And it's really cool. It's original. Like, one thing I always appreciate, no matter what, if it's original, and you could tell that's who that person is, and that's why I respect about it, but, you know, just to be on a live stream, and you're kind of deceiving people, and then the most uncomfortable part was watching him on the podcast, when people started donating money, he almost couldn't believe that people would be dumb enough to actually... Just give money to him just because he asked for it. He almost couldn't believe people would do it. He's like, oh my God, this is insane. People, And he ended up like getting $1,500. Not like he made bank bank, but it's $1,500. Just for doing a 45-minute live stream of, hey guys, you guys are important. I'll even give you a shout out and this and that. It's like, I don't want your fucking shout out. If I like your show, I don't need a shout out. It's cool people that do it that take the time out to do it, but I don't need your shout out to approve my allegiance to you as a consumer. Again, I will always say this, and I've said it before, and I know a lot of people, I believe your job as a creator is to make it as easable, uh, easable, uh, to make it as easy and convenient for your consumer as possible to get your product. When you start, like, when it starts becoming, for my channel specifically, you got to pay for this membership. I got to pay. Please sign up for this. And, oh, God, please do this. Do this. Like, you got to go through all these holes just to watch the same show I did before. And when you have the top dogs of either YouTube and podcasting and all that shit, and they don't make their shit hard to get to, like, yeah. This the platform is on. It's it's almost like you're trying to feel like your shit's so much more quality and better. When it's just like, alright, if you think that's the case, then charge people. But I also, you know, six months from now, say, oh, well, guys, we, we realistically, we can't continue to show unless more money comes our way. It's like, I mean, no one's making you do the show. It's a privilege to do the show. It's cool. I want to support it. But I'm not going to... Like, you know... Everyone's got shit to do in their own lives. Like, 75 bucks to donate to a podcast. And how am I going to know what it's going towards? How am I going to... Like, I better see you putting that $75. I better see that cash app. Or whatever you're taking money at. I better see you go to Best Buy. Or I better see you go to a freaking micro center. And I better see you buying some audio mixing, highly terabyte freaking desktop software, whatever the fuck, hard drive. Like, you better be where it's improving the show directly. And it, I don't know, man. Just as someone who's been doing this, like, for what, like a month and a half? No, probably like, shit, it'll be almost two months. I've done 30, this episode 36, and literally the only money outside of a camera I already had, so I don't really include the camera, the camera already had the camera. I didn't buy the camera when I wanted to do a podcast. Well, kind of did, now I think about it, but it wasn't the only thing I wanted to do. 
But the only thing I did for the podcast specifically is I paid for RSS feed. I paid like 12 bucks a month. I paid for RSS feed. I bought a microphone. This was like a hundred some dollars. I bought the mic stand thing. And eventually I'm going to get like, I'm going to download, you know, some audio app thing, higher quality and pay monthly and where I can edit videos and shit like that once I get a different laptop. So that'll technically be an investment um, because I probably wouldn't get a laptop if I wasn't doing a different computer laptop if I wasn't doing this eventually. But I use a Audacity free app, which Russia is probably spying on me on it. I actually did see a video where it said Audacity is probably spying on you. But yeah, um, all I'm saying is be careful for these creators that directly... Or just people that directly tell you to please donate to me. Me, me. All because I put out the show for consumption on a platform where billions of videos are put out a day. You know, I should be the one you donate to. Like, there's just such an arrogance to it. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess, you know what? If you never... Those... If you never ask... You never know. It's free money. I mean, it's not illegal. Here's what I do. Yeah, I got, I got a solution to this actually, for real. All right, you know, I'll give an exception to this, right? I'll, I'll give the benefit doubt. Let's say, if you were gonna ask for people to directly. Because you always hear, oh man, it costs a lot of money to make podcasts. And for some it may. Um, But here's what I would ask. If you are going to directly ask your fans to directly donate to your podcast, right? That's outside of where they actually get some out of it. I want... I want, you should have to, just as a courtesy, I want you to disclose how much it takes a month from the technology you use, from what editing shit you use, the time you put in. I don't deny that it takes a lot of time to audit if you do editing and shit. I don't do editing, so for me, I just upload the video to my laptop. It'll take like an hour. To an hour and a half to upload just because it's slow. But then once it uploads and it processes, whatever. Not really the funnest thing to talk about. But overall, it's probably like a couple hour process to record, upload, and then whatever. You know? But you should disclose and you should give very... You should explain and give very specific numbers of how much it takes. Basically... Show them the accounting. Like Joe Budden refused to show Rory Mal. Because you constantly say, oh, it takes all this money. Like, okay. Show how much it takes. Because it's hard for me to believe that setting up some microphones, putting up a camera, a couple cameras, that it takes $5,000 a month to produce a generic podcast. We're not talking about the Joe Rogans where they're probably putting money into it just because they have money. To put into it. But most people like me. Or most people that just kind of do it in their house. Or room. Like. How much are you. How much money are you really putting into it. And you probably shouldn't put a lot of money into something that. Is costing you more money in the meantime. But it's not something that should take a lot of. If you have to put so much money into something. For it to be appealing or interesting. Then it's probably just not that good. Then maybe like. Whatever. Like, maybe it's, you got to break down the essence and the basics of what would make it better. That doesn't take a whole lot of this, that, and the other. But, I think if you were going to ask, you know what, fine. You want to go on YouTube, you want to live stream, you want to ask for money, whatever. Because we just assume, as consumers, that, oh, it must take hundreds of thousands of dollars if they're saying they need have exit. It must take $10,000 a month to do this and that and the other and it's like I'm watching some of these shows I'm like I don't think it takes $10,000 to make this I really don't you know 
it's just uh I, I just don't get that. I I really don't. I really don't. I think if you were gonna ask your consumers to do whatever, and before you say, well, Walmart doesn't disclose their numbers when they set prices, it's like, okay, we need to stop cross-referencing. It's like when people try to make sports, try to cross-reference sports locker rooms to a work environment. The work environment in football is just going to be different than your work environment at Panera Bread. It just is, okay? Because there's just certain things like it's just not the same. And we need to stop trying to acknowledge that, oh, well, you know, you know, it's no different than in a work environment. It's like, yeah, it's 100% different. Uh, in a work environment, you're not seeing your teammate's dick hang out in front of an interview reporter. You're not getting reported after the worst moments of your day. Like, oh, man, you just you just got in an argument with a customer because they called you a fucking cunt. And you lose your shit, snap, punch them in the face, they fall on the ground, the cops come, you go to jail, and you say, why don't white crime? Doesn't count. And then you don't have an interview right after, be like, so why did you knock him out? It's like, well, he was disrespecting. It's like, man, see, no, that's not how this works. We need to stop, like, comparing, like, oh, you should only get paid for what you do. And you got to know your worth. It's like, man, that's not really how these things go. But whatever. People always try to compare things that aren't really comparable. And so people ask them for money for something that I question how much money it really takes. All I'm asking is, when you watch a show and they're saying, oh, it takes so much money. People have no idea how much money it takes to do this shit. I want you to just generally ask, how much do you think it takes? For lower the mid-level podcasts to operate. Again, we're not talking about the best of the best. Where they have producers, audio, like the highest of technology, the cameras. Like, you don't even have to go down the barrel like where I am right now. But just middle tier. Just more regular comedians. Just like comedians that do it with another comedian. They do it in their apartment. Like, how much do you really think? How much do you really think it takes for them to finance and operate that? That's all I ask. But yeah, moral of the story is, um, what is the moral? The moral, the moral of today's show is, uh, don't just listen. Don't just, don't just give money to creators just to give money. And it like, generally, it's okay to question, like, it's okay to say no to exclusive joining to podcasts that were once free. It just is. There's too much competition. It's okay to be like, you know what, I like your show, but I'm not going to pay per episode to watch the same show. I'm just not. Alright, that was episode 36 of the Off and Beat Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe. Tell me if you like this camera angle. It feels more relaxing. I feel like I talk better. I'm more relaxed. Um, but yeah. Uh, remember the fall IG, the Tiki Talk, and uh, suck some titties. I am tired as hell today. I'm tired as hell. It's 2 a.m. now. Um, but we got through it. Builds character. And uh, yeah, builds character. All right. Have a great day. I don't know if I'm going to post this Saturday or Sunday. I'll probably post the video Saturday. Upload the audio Sunday. Either ways, have a great day. Oh, yeah. I'll leave with this message. Not that no one's listening at this point. But, um... Just know that... I, I want to stress that someone's been doing this. This shit, it's... I wouldn't say for what I do, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a lot of hard work, per se, but it is something that you gotta make schedule and plan time for, especially when you have an everyday life, you have work, you have other obligations, you have hobbies and shit, like, it is something that, 
it is something that you have to make time for. And it is a little sacrificing. Like, you're going to have to stay up when you're tired. Because that may be the only time you're available that day. You know, it's about pumping it out. It's not, I wouldn't call this a daily podcast. I kind of just do it when I'm in the mood. I try to do as much as I can. I would say at least three to four times a week. I'm trying to, you know, put enough out there, but not overdo it. Only, I'm one thing I'm working on is I only want to do podcasts when I actually feel like I'm in the right mindset to give something worthwhile for people to listen to. And I feel like I've had a couple duds in the past, like, seven or eight episodes just because I tried to force it in a sense where I wasn't 100% all there but you know what it's just part of the process um and you only figure it out by doing it 36 episodes in I think something I'm pretty proud of and you know what I would never do do a live stream and ask you for 20 bucks but hey if you want to send me 20 bucks um I'm not gay but 20 bucks is 20 bucks